0: third man walking. I started this podcast about two years ago and I think I have not had a losing month of live cash game poker since then. Uh, We were in quarantine part of that time, of course, but I think I've won 17 or 18 months in a row up to now. Unfortunately, I think that streak might be coming to an end. Um, Got off to a horrible start in November, was down about $14,000 After the first four days, mostly thanks to a really, really bad session on Live at the Bike. It didn't go well while the cameras were on and then got even worse after they turned off. And it's going to take me a while of fighting to get all that money back. So I played a session today that wasn't disastrous from a financial perspective, but that really showed some of the frustrations you can have playing poker with people you don't really know in Los Angeles. It's a 510 game with a 1500 cap. And in this first hand, I have pocket tens with a 10 of clubs on the button and raised to $35. The small blind calls and the big blind who I don't know at all, but who I'm pegging as a recreational player, re-raises to $140. It's back on me. And I think the obvious choice here is to call. I make the call and the small blind folds. So there's about $310 in the pot heading to the flop, which comes Jack 8, 6 with the Jack and 8 of clubs. So again, I have 10s with the 10 of clubs. There's 310 in there, and my opponent bets $190. I think without the 10 of clubs, I could maybe just fold to this sizing. But with it in my hand, I'm going to make the call. So I do, and we're off to see a turn. There's 690 in the pot now, and it's another Jack. So Jack 8, 6, Jack with two clubs and again I have pocket tens of the ten of clubs and now my opponent checks and I think I want to bet here for a couple of reasons one is my opponent could have a hand like ace king or ace queen and I want him to fold those hands and not get the chance to hit an ace or a king or a queen on the river and the other reason is that by betting here I can stop my opponent from betting on the river So I want to use a smaller size. I don't want to use too small a size because that makes the strategy pretty obvious. But my opponent has 1225 back. I want to bet a size that isn't that big so that I can check the river, but that also is a size that looks like it could set up a shove. So I bet $300 into 690 and my opponent thinks for a while and calls. So now there's 1290 in the pot and the river is another jack. So now the board is jack, eight, six, jack, jack. Gloves have bricked. And now I have a full house. Jack's full of tens. Now, though, my opponent leads all in for $925. And, you know, this is a spot where I think my opponent virtually never has a jack, whereas I can have any jack X suited with the jack that, that is not represented on the board, you know, ace jack suited, king jack suited, queen jack suited, jack 10 suited, I can have all those hands. And when I do have quads, obviously I just collect his stack. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have that. And so I have to think what my opponent might do this with and what it really looks like is aces or kings. My opponent was the three-better pre-flop. I just called the three-bet, so obviously he's going to have those hands. And he called $300 on the turn with something. So what did he call with, if not a hand like aces or kings that is now doing this? Well, maybe ace-king of clubs, ace-queen of clubs, some other kind of flush draw. But I do have the 10 of clubs in my hand, so now I block those flush draws somewhat. So this is a pretty frustrating spot. And... I think that I just have to give my opponent credit if I don't know anything about their game and say like, yeah, you probably have aces or kings and let this go. So I do fold and my opponent chose ace queen of clubs. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool river play by him. I mean, like I said, he's just going to run into quads sometimes and get stacked, but... Uh, you know, a lot of times I'm just going to have to fold a better hand than the one he has. And it's spots like this that I look to when I hear people say that LA poker is so great, like the games are so soft or whatever. And like, yeah, I mean, LA poker is really good. The action is endless. There's tons of people with money. They're not afraid to put it in play. You can find a 510 game pretty much any hour of the day. But on the other hand, you're gonna deal with a lot of players you don't know, and a lot of those are capable of stuff like this. You know, you go to a lot of other markets in the country, stuff like this is just not going to happen to you because you're either going to know most of your opponents so well because they're gonna be people you play with day in and day out uh, in a small player pool, or they're just really passive and not capable of stuff like this. So I have to tip my cap to my opponent here You know, he kind of owned me a little bit in this spot. And this is the kind of thing where LA can be a pretty brutal guessing game. And in some ways, despite all the action, it's a pretty tough place to play live poker. In this next hand, I do something pretty non-standard. I hope I'll be able to explain the reasons why I do it. I don't think it's a bad play, but it's not a play that comes out of the textbook at all. So here there are two limps. And now the cutoff raises to $65. Now the cutoff has a stack of about $400. And for the last half hour has been raising almost every hand. Had a bigger stack at one point and lost some of it. And I think at some point just decided screw it and just started going for it. So it folds now to me in the big blind and I have pocket sixes. So I think the obvious play here is to call. The problem with that is that I'm not getting that great of a price. I have to call 55 dollars. my opponent only has a stack of about 400 to start and his range is really weak to begin with so the value of hitting a six on the flop is not that great so i think actually the better play even though it's weird is to three bet here and try to get it in against this player with 400 or get him to fold either way is fine but i think even when i get it in for 400 bucks here with pocket sixes i'm going to be in Either decent or good shape a lot. I think I could end up facing off against a hand like Ace 5, or even something like, you know, King 5 suited or something like that. So I re-raised to $230, and now it folds to the second limper who calls. And the preflop razor now folds. So this did not go the way I wanted it to go. I wanted to get it in against the player with the $400 stack, but instead I've been stymied here by this second limper who has who knows what. I mean, could have any number of hands. I doubt any of them are that strong, but then again, my hand's not that strong and I'm going to be out of position against him and he's deeper than the preflop raiser was. So this is shaping up to be a really tricky spot. There's $530 in the pot heading to the flop, which comes ace, seven, three, with two spades. So, actions on me now. I do have the six of spades, which gives me the chance to do something on certain turns. Like if the turn is a five or a four and I pick up a gut shot, or maybe if the turn is a spade, or if the turn is a six, there are things I'll be able to do. Also, I have aces in my range. My opponent probably does not have aces in his. I have all the big ace-x in my range, ace-king, ace-queen, ace-jack. And my opponent probably does not have all or most of those. So I think it's probably worth putting out a bet here. I bet $225 and my opponent raises to $500. And I guess he's saying that he has pocket sevens or pocket threes here. I don't really know, but with pocket sixes, there's really nothing I can do. And I fold. So I'm stuck. About $1,000 at this point, a little bit frustrated, especially with the way the previous week had gone. But I'll continue on. In this next hand, middle position, who is the same villain from the last hand, limps. And I have 10 seven of hearts in the big blind and check. So we're going heads up to a flop in a limp pot here. There's $20 in there. And it comes 10 seven six with one club and one heart. So I have top two pair here with 10-7 of hearts plus backdoor straight flush draw. I lead out for $15 and my opponent calls. So now there's $50 in the pot and the turn is the deuce of clubs. So now 10-7-6 deuce with the 10 and deuce of clubs. I'm going to bet here and I'm going to bet big. My opponent has already shown that he's pretty unconventional, but it would be very surprising to me if I didn't have the best hand here. And I don't think my opponent is going to be able to find folds with any kind of, you know, pair plus straight draw hand he could have here, like eight, seven or nine, seven or something like that. So I bet $50 into 50 and my opponent raises to 300. So again, I think it's very likely that I have the best hand. It would be pretty surprising to me, although I guess it's not impossible that my opponent played nine, eight this way on the flop. And of course, even if he has 9-8, I can improve with a 10 or a 7 on the river. So I make the call, and now all of a sudden there's $650 in the pot, and the river comes in offsuit 5. So 10, 7, 6, deuce 5, backdoor clubs have bricked, and I still have top 2 pair with 10, 7 of hearts. I check, my opponent bets $500, and for the same reasons I called the turn, I call here on the river. My opponent chose queen eight of clubs for a flopped gut shot and a turned flush draw that missed on the river. So I take down a nice pot. In this next hand, there's a straddle, there's two limps, and I'm in the small blind with pocket queens and raise to $150. The second blind is next to act and raises to $380. He is a Romanian pro who I played with a lot uh, before quarantine, folds back to me, and now he has about $2,100 to start this hand. And I think this is a pretty obvious shove on the surface, but I do think it's worth thinking through because my range when I'm in the small blind and I'm raising over two limps is quite a bit stronger than it would be if I were, say, on the button and doing the same thing. So if there's two limps and I'm on the button, I'm probably going to put in a raise with hands like pocket sevens, pocket sixes, ace nine suited, king 10 suited, and in the small blind facing two limps, I'm probably not going to be doing that because you just don't get enough folds and you're going to have to play the pot out of position with a whole variety of hands that don't all necessarily flop super well, a huge percentage of the time. So I'm going to be quite a bit tighter. And I know that my opponent is good and he's going to be aware of that. I think even taking that into account though, taking into account that he knows I should be decently tight and that his three bet range should also therefore be pretty tight. Pocket Queens is too strong to do anything with, but shove at effectively 105 big blinds with the straddle on. So I do four bet jam. And my opponent quickly folds. This last big pot of the night is a $50 bomb pot going six ways. So about $2.95 in the pot heading to the flop. I have queen-jack offsuit with no clubs. And the flop comes 10-9-deuce with the 10 and deuce of clubs. So again, I have queen-jack offsuit for two overs and an open-ended straight draw. And it checks to me in the cutoff. Now, nobody really knows how to play bomb pots. Nobody really knows if betting or checking is good here. I think, though, that I like betting. I have a lot of equity. I have outs to the nuts. And four of my five opponents have already checked here, indicating a certain amount of weakness. I also tend to bet small on flops whenever I choose to bet a flop on a bomb pot. So if I take a stab here, it's not going to be a very expensive one. So I bet $125 into 295, about 40% of the pot, and the small blind calls and so does the player in the hijack seat. So we're going three ways here to a turn with 670 in the pot now, and it's not a card I want to see. It's an offsuit ace. So 10 9 deuce ace with two clubs, and I have queen jack offsuit with no clubs. And now my opponent in the small blind leads out for $350. The player in the hijack seat folds and now it's on me. So let's think about this $350 bet. Uh, My opponent has bet about half pot. He's left about $1,500 behind after this $350. And let's think about what hands my opponent can have, starting with the best ones. So the best one here would be aces. Is it likely that my opponent has aces? No, I think it is not. Because he checked on the flop and then called a 40% pot bet out of position. Can he have pocket 10s? Again, probably not because he just checked and called a 40% pot bet out of position on the flop. Can he have nines? Probably not for the same reasons. Can he have deuces? Probably not for the same reasons. Can he have ace 10? Maybe, but probably not because he would have had top pair, top kicker on the flop. And again, just checked and called a 40% pot bet so we've gone through the best five possible hands here and it doesn't look like my opponent can have any of them what about ace nine actually yes you can have ace nine that one makes sense ace deuce also makes some sense but we're down to the sixth and seventh best hands before we find ones that our opponent seems likely to have here so what does that mean from my perspective well it means that when i have one of those five best hands when i have aces tens nines deuces or ace ten And keep in mind, it makes all kinds of sense that I could have any one of those hands because I was the one who did bet the flop. Then I can just do anything but fold and print money pretty much against this guy. Unfortunately, I don't have one of those hands. I have queen jack offsuit, which is one of the worst hands I would ever have in this spot. So the next thing I think is what happens if I go all in here? And i think will my opponent fold ace nine will they fold ace deuce will they fold Ace sex of clubs and i think probably not an opponent who is sorry unaware enough to bet 350 in this spot and leave himself 1500 dollars behind when he didn't have the initiative on the previous street and can't really have any of the best five possible hands is probably not going to be able to fold a hand like ace nine or ace deuce facing a shove and he's probably not going to want to fold a sex of clubs either. So the next thing I think is, well, I've still got outs to a straight on an offsuit king or an offsuit eight, or maybe a king of clubs or eight of clubs would be good too. Can I call here? And I think, no, not really. There's only one card to come. I've only got something like 12% equity against a hand like Asex of clubs. I'm not getting a good enough price. And because my opponent only has $1,500 behind and that's going to be about a pot-sized bet on the river, I'm not going to get a lot of great opportunities to bluff because my opponent doesn't have a ton of chips behind. So I make the frustrating fold and my opponent shows king seven of clubs, which I'm not really surprised to see because his line makes no sense. Unfortunately, I just don't have a hand strong enough to do much about it. Uh, But what his play here shows is that, again, compared to much more passive players or players you might know better in a smaller, weaker pool, these LA players can take some aggressive lines that definitely aren't theoretically optimal lines, but do really ramp up your variance on a day-to-day level. So I end up finishing almost exactly break-even for the day. I think I lost $5 for the day. And I'll be back at it again later this week as I try to somehow get out of this hole, make some money, and not have a losing month of November. Thanks for listening to Third Man Walking. You can find me on Twitter at ThirdWalking or send me an email at podcast at gmail.com.